Oh, all right. Welcome into the Plank Show with Josh. Oh, good morning, Josh. I don't think we've seen each other in a little bit, right? Because I was at Newcastle Casino yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Friday, was I to see you Friday? See you as always. Yeah, that's right. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, and it's a Tuesday, which means uh, we're kicking off the show with KJ Kindler. OU Women's Gymnastics starts with a dub. A um, We had a national championship game that I think we'll, we'll recap last from last night. Did you happen to catch the final score of that? I stopped watching it. Can, can we have a quick little moment here? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank that was you. big time. Was the show fun on yeah. Sunday? Yeah, it was great. I saw the pictures. I was very envious. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, why am I blanking? The, it's the Bellagio. The fountains out in front. The girls seeing all the fountains. That was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it was fun. And you hadn't – had you been to Vegas before for, for competition or just – No. no okay. the, I mean, some of the team members had been there before, but the majority had not. And, uh, yeah, so we waited and spent some time Sunday good. after the meet. Good, good, good. Um, I have come to realize that I am going to probably cover women's gymnastics closer than I ever have because I have the ultimate women's gymnastics fan in my house, in my <laughs> daughter, Gwen, who's ask, she's asking me about girls that graduated like three years ago. It's like, where's Maggie Nichols at? Where's so-and-so? Where's Look, that's Olivia Troutman whenever they'd have the PSAs that popped up. But from just an event perspective, to have a podium this early and to have what, I mean, it, there was the, the the big dogs of the sport. Is this something now when you look forward you want to do again? Is it good to start like this, or can it be a little bit more challenging to go right into a big event like this? Um, it's it's always challenging, but I think that's what motivates you in that preseason. You know, you know you have this big meet, you know, the first thing out of the gate. So your preparation is maybe more detailed and um, you're a little more dialed in. So I loved having the podium. It was a little higher than we normally have, okay. um, but <clears throat> it gave it a real championship feel. The team actually said when they were warming up, it feels like nationals because you have number 10 UCLA, number four Michigan, Auburn. Like there was, you weren't going to be able to make a mistake that day, just like at nationals, just how you feel. So it's kind of, it was kind of great to be in that environment. So um, I told you I keep notes on my um, on my phone during the broadcast just to kind of you know make sure I have something cool sounding. Here's here's two things that were on my list, and I'm trying to remember. I Lou looks good, so I guess Lou from his injury he's recovered. He looked good out there. He had had the stance down. He looked good out there. <laughs> good. Um, here's the other thing: weird smiling UCLA guy behind everyone. <laughs> So I don't know what it, I don't know if you can elaborate on that second one, but does that make any? Do they have a coach? So it was on their floor routines because they started on floor, uh-huh. and I get it. You know, you're a coach and you're watching it, but it would be like me standing down there just smiling and like awkward clapping. They got a whole new regime over there at UCLA, don't they? They do. They have a new coaching staff, um, and I don't believe that he coaches floor. So. Okay. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. May just be a spotter dude. But he's brand dude. new. He's Is he? Brand okay. New. He's brand new to college athletics. Um, he was a club coach beforehand. This was his first meet. So Really? Yeah. So well, I know apologize. How- <laughs> well, I guess I noticed, right? I, I, I noticed him out there. What was that environment like? Um, it was good. Like it was electric. The teams were uh, honestly, this is the best prepared group of teams I've seen in a first meet um, on the same floor, and it was very competitive uh, all the way throughout. You know, UCLA was right on our heels the entire time, um, and starting on vault certainly was good for us. That was definitely helpful. 
um, because, you know, ending on beam in your first meet of the year, which UCLA had to do, that that was tough for them. So I do think that was helpful for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was very pleased, actually. So uh, in these types of events, are and they come together, Big Ten Network, I thought they did a, did a nice job covering it. Are they? Is this fairly unique? Is this something new that they're trying? Educate me, because that's, you know, you start having these college football classics that start the season. Basketball has all these different tournaments. Is this the type of event that we normally see? Because I know we haven't competed in something like this in Vegas, but uh, is this the future, or is this a one-off, or has this just been the sport early on? I hope it's the future, because okay. I think that was, I, I mean, to have 16 teams in the same location, to have that many great sessions, um, and we had a brand new team, Fisk, uh, that competed for the first time ever in their history. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they were in the first session. So I, I feel like it was a great opportunity for a lot of teams. Um, so so I hope it's the future. I think that it could be a really cool event. Okay. Let's talk about the specifics. Let's go to Saturday night. Jordan Bowers' vault really kind of started things for everyone, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, vault uh, – in your first meet of the year on vault, we're trying to do nice high vaults. We're expecting steps, to be honest with you, in this first meet, just kind of feeling it out. Jordan, of course, stuck it, which made a big big difference. She was the only one in the lineup to stick it. She did get a 10 from one of the judges. So in the first meet of the year, that's pretty cool. Faith Torres. Yeah. you kind of been talking about her a little bit. I have. I would say that as far as a freshman introduction to the big time, that's about as good as a, hey, I'm here that you'll get. I mean, yeah. that was impressive. I know. Two nine nine fives in your first meet, uh, beam and beam and floor. She was supposed to vault also. But we're we're one of those teams, you know, we we watch warm up. She was a little off and for us it wasn't worth it wasn't worth it at this point for, to put her out there. So um, we plugged in Danae because Danae warmed up hot, and we were like, she's in. So, And she did a great job. Oh, that was – by the way, that was pretty cool. You, uh, it, it was almost like watching breaking news in real time. In my mind, I'm like, oh, no, someone got hurt. Yeah. But as you brought up, you know, you saw Danae, and you're like, Let, let's go. And she was pretty juiced. Yeah, she was. <laughs> you, you could tell whatever and, – and like you said, the landings were a bit of an issue, but that's pretty cool. You have that feel when you see them in warm-ups, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you definitely get a sense of what's what's about to go down. Um, <laughs> I, I, a lot of other things, of course, that we want to get into from this. But is it more? Uh, this is dumb, Chris. Gymnastics talk. Is it more hop on a podium? Is it more bounce? Is it just what is it that makes podium so much different than what you typically? Can it's be a on? little more bounce. Okay, which is which the biggest issue is balance beam with the bounce. Because now you're on four inches, four foot off the ground, and you're bouncing. (laughs) You know, that's supposed to be stable up there. So on that podium, you get a little more movement. And so you got to be able to handle it mentally and physically. Um, But for vault, I think it's a timing thing. Because of the bounce, it changes your timing a little bit. So so you have to adjust. Huh. Um, Let's just – Danny Seavers and and Kat were – you mentioned not a full strength. Mm -hmm. So – but they're going to factor in for the future of this program, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Kat, I mean, we thought she was going to be an all-arounder, you know, coming in uh, after inner squad. And I, I still anticipate her being there, but she, we've had a little roadblock. So she's she's working through some things. She was able to vault, which is where we need her the most. Right. Um, and so we were selective about that. 
Um, Danny, too. She's working through something temporary, but um, should be out there. Lickety split. All right. Um so beyond that, all arounders this past I'm not I'm not fast enough on my scorebook. Who do we have on the all around this weekend? Jordan and Audrey Davis. Okay. Yeah, here Jordan we go. Bowers. And they both um were fantastic, hit all their routines, um, good leaders out there. And and to put this in perspective, at Nationals last year we had no all arounders. So to have two is <laughs> is like a, a step up. And and we could have had as many as four, quite honestly. So that could happen during the season. Uh, I think you mentioned it with Faith. That's someone you've brought up that could be a, an all-arounder. Will we see Reagan compete in the all-around, you think? I don't. Okay. All right. Vault is definitely something she has to still kind of work toward. She's a three-event all the way, though. You're going to see her everywhere else. From your perspective in where you want your floor routines to be this early in the season mm-hmm. – Without, I, I can't even – I was thinking about this watching they, – they showed a couple shots of you during the floor routines. It's got to be almost coach-wise, but then that's your baby, right? You've edited the audio. You've helped find it, which the editing the audio the most important part to me. No problems with that. It was awesome. But what's that moment like whenever you see it in competition, and then is it where you want it to be right now? It's never where you want it to be right Touché. out of the gate. So, like, they're – a lot of times they're very conservative in their dancing because they're saving up their energy for the tumbling because we're just at the beginning of our endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Our endurance should get better as we go through the season. Um, so in order to have uh, energy for that last pass, sometimes they're a little more conservative in their dance. Um, so I, of course, would like them to dance really hard and aggressively. But, uh, you know, Tom at the same time wants her to, wants them to make their tumbling. So right. there's like a, a trade-off maybe in the first couple meets, but then they get into the groove and can can get into character a little bit. Although I'd say Danae really danced pretty, pretty spectacularly. Um, in her routine, and she has a new new first pass, so um, that was pretty cool for her. Overall, just now that you have it in the rear view, um, happy with the way things went? Yeah, I mean, that's our second highest opening score of all time. Really? Yeah, so I would say wow. yes, and it's an away score. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people have this mentality, well, you're not going to count the score of, in your first sure. meet, right? My, we've counted our first score – more times than we haven't. So, um, and I think that's, you know, we had to be ready because this January, as we've talked, is brutal. We have LSU, then we have Utah, then we have Denver. I mean, it's nonstop. Yeah, LSU next Monday in Baton Rouge. Yes. My gosh. Yeah, sell out. (laughs) Sell out. Yeah. It's going to be great. We have a couple administrators coming with us. I think that's great for them to kind of see the environment that's created there um, because we can have that here. We can have that here. We need that here uh, to be competitive in the SEC coming down the road. So fans have got to to come out in droves and really just fill the LNC because that's what we're seeing when we go elsewhere. January 22nd is the first home meet. I know that we've got – Heck, I don't even know what day it is. Is it the 10th today? Yeah, we've got 12 days, and you've got a lot of work between now and then with LSU coming up. But I, I say this every time you're in here. You know, I'm, it's an affordable option for the family. You have fun. It's on a schedule. It's, you know, you're, you're in and out and maybe an hour 15 tops. And, oh, by the way, we're really good. I bring that up. Saturday night was the most activity I saw early in the season, social media-wise, on my timeline with people that were watching. You know, people that maybe don't necessarily tweet about things other than football or maybe basketball and softball, they're into women's gymnastics. How important is it, Coach, for us to continue to pull those fans in and then get them 
to show up at the LNC whenever you got the home meet. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's hugely important. Like I said, that attendance, that that is a home court advantage that we need to have when uh, people like Florida and Utah are coming into our building. You know, they're they're used to having full crowds, um, and, and we definitely need that. Um, our team feeds off that. Right. We, even when we go elsewhere, they feed off that energy that the crowd brings. Uh, so we definitely need to do that. And, and another way you can support the team, join Team 10. There's ways to even watch the meet from down on the floor, um, depending on, you know, kind of how you support in Team 10. So Team 10 offers a lot of opportunities to support the team, too. Yeah, and that's uh, information there at Soonersports.com yes. on Team 10. What am I missing from this weekend? And everyone enjoyed the, the show. We talked about that. Yeah. Feel good health-wise? Oh, oh. We went to the UFC Fighting Training Center. Did you? Yeah, it was super cool. We got a little tour. It's right off the strip, right? Yeah, yeah okay. it is. And the best thing, they had this wall that's before and after pictures, before the fight, after the fight. So you see someone that just got absolutely really throttled in really the ring. Did you get to? Gross. Did you just... <laughs> Did you get to see that that home of the absolutely most gut wrenching, terrible football team, the Las Vegas Raiders? Did you see Allegiant Stadium or no? Uh, no, we okay. did not. Sorry. I'm glad you stayed away from it. But it's probably did, better that way. Yeah, but you know, we did have a. You know, they had a good time. They got in the good. ring and did some things. It was it's fun. wild, and I again, Vegas is Vegas. There's nothing, but it's wild how much has changed. I haven't been in close to 15 years, but there's. The what used to be T-Mobile Arena it might still be where the, they have two professional franchise football, hockey. I mean, it's more than just casinos, man. It is, it's awesome. I'm glad they put the event there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. It was cool. All right. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm not missing anything out here. Got the big meet coming up next Monday, Monday with LSU. Got the home meet around the corner with uh, Utah and. Mm-hmm. We're not the TCU Horn Frogs today, so yeah. so life is good on that front. Your mom's better than my mom would be. My mom would be like taking pictures. She'd be like, "Oh, come, smile, smile, get closer to your friend in there." So it's, <laughs> it's good to have mom here today, right? Yeah. All right. Well, um, congratulations on the yeah. great start. Hey, one more plug. Go ahead. LSU will be on ESPN too, so everybody can catch that. They just announced that, so they added it to their awesome. Yeah. On the deuce. Yeah. So are we breaking news here today? Uh, maybe. Oh, okay. Yes. It's on there. Yeah. ESPN <laughs> 2. All right. All right. They Diana beat it, beat me too. All right. Congratulations Thank on the you. Week, Coach. Thank you. That's KJ Kindler. Every Tuesday we start the show with KJ. When we come back, oh boy, what a night for college football. It's a plank show. 65 to 7. Oof. 65 to 7. I. I pinpointed the moment last night, Josh, when I thought TCU was in trouble. Now, I don't know if many of you pinpointed this same moment, but um, I I take you to the ESPN pregame show. And I'm not normally the biggest fan of these because I don't really know what you gain out of them, but they have like those last second Idiot, maybe there's some bitterness here, right? I would love to be jogging off after the coin toss. And uh, so Oklahoma wins the coin toss. Sooners will punt. Coach Finnables, how's this team feeling right now? You know, that – I don't get me wrong. There's some – there's a little bit of jealousness with the pre-kick coaching kickoff. But I usually don't get much from it except for last night. Except for last night. This is what it sounded like on ESPN – 
in the moment, Josh Helmer, when I knew TCU was in trouble. What do you need to see from your team early, particularly as you start on defense right now? Aggression. That's it? That's what we want to do. We're we're, going to hunt tonight. We're going to do the best we can to hunt tonight. It's like, oh, no. Let her rip. (laughs) It's like, oh, no. Sometimes you go to those and it's like, let's go down the field and Susie's with so-and-so or Holly, Holly, listen to me, Holly's with so-and-so. It's like, just got to play hard. Got to play aggressive. Got to be the better football team. You know, just got, we got to focus. Take care of the football, run the football. You know, we're okay. Meanwhile, uh, let's go down to Kirby Smart. What 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 do you need to see tonight? What, what do you need to see from your guys in order to go in a football game? Aggression. It's like, huh? And and, and then of course you got to follow up because you need more than one. I you know what would have been? Gosh, BV man, this would be so great. We would just have one word with coach before a kickoff, right? How fun would that be? Tenacity. We just come up with different words every single time. Maybe every so often we drop a bomb just to make sure people are paying attention. But, yeah, and then you follow it up with, well, we're going to go hunting tonight? Like, oh, my gosh, Georgia's going to beat them by 50. And literally, they beat them by more than that last night. I don't know what – this is – I'm being dead serious right now. I – I want to hear. If, I didn't get to to a lot of the text yesterday, and I understand that you know we're we started with KJ, so we're rolling through things here, just getting into the championship game. So at four zero five six five one three four three nine, four zero five six five one three four three nine. What do we What do we take from last night? I've got a laundry list of things here to get to. So here we go. Number one, I love the shot that we've seen this morning of the. Nick Saban reaction to is Georgia now the standard bearer? Are they the flag bearer for college football? The standard setter, I should say, flag bearer in college football. I think that is a that's an obvious you know point. They've won back to back national championships. I mean, it's something that hasn't been done in a decade in college football, right? It's something that's only been done in the overall history now of college football seven times. It's only been done in the, the, the BCS era, you know, now four times. They're, when you win back-to-back titles, and I saw a lot of dudes making plays last night they're going to be back next year, unfortunately for Georgia. You're it. So, I, I don't know, is, is that the big takeaway? I always look at things from my team's perspective, right? What does a Georgia win like that mean for Oklahoma? Um, does it does it raise your eyebrows more as you prepare for the SEC? Is it uh, something maybe more than anything else that concerns you, or does it fire you up because you feel like you've got a, a, a kind of a Kirby Smart type guy and Brent Venables who is relentless and who is a defensive coach? Like, what is is that a takeaway? Is the other takeaway how in the world did TCU get to this place? How about the, how about this? This is one that I wrote down. Bad night for the Big 12. That's simple. Bad night for the Big 12. Because it's not going to become they beat Michigan in a semifinal, Josh. It's going to become that when they got to that biggest game, they just didn't miss. You know, they were standing on the wrong in the wrong ballpark. <laughs> yeah, they got thumped. They got destroyed. 
they got humbled, if you will. Embarrassed. And by the way, thank you, TCU, for removing Oklahoma from worst uh, national championship beatdown status. So much appreciated. Needed some things to go the Sooners way. The very first text, by the way, to the super secret textoso line is from J-Rod, who apparently has been accepted by the SEC fans. I haven't watched the TikTok yet, J-Rod. Thank you, TCU. You have taken over the standard for the most embarrassing championship loss ever. Finally, something worse than the 2005 USC OU beatdown of 55 to 19. Mm-hmm. P.S. The Big 12 sucks. Get OU out of this conference quick. Hey, hey, hey. Good. I saw some folks that uh, sort of had the take, hey, we need to. <laughs> That's really good text, by the way. We need to keep right. building before we get out of this conference because of what happened last night. It. Nah. I, I, don't, know that, I don't know that I feel I one way or the other way. about it. Hmm. I just think, uh, you know, for me, clearly, yes, Georgia is the standard bearer right. in the sport. The I don't think that Alabama is just nightmarishly far behind but they're behind Georgia now at this uh at this juncture that much is clear after back-to-back national championships the the way that they're recruiting I I went and did the the deep dive on just their recruiting numbers plank the last five recruiting classes this is for, for Georgia. Georgia okay not including 2023 number three nationally number four nationally number one number two number one this uh, all per the 247 Sports Composite, 98 blue-chip signees, 79.6% of their signees have been of the blue-chip variety. Oh, by the way, 25 of which have been five-stars, so they're just better than you right now. <laughs> and they were a heck of a lot more talented than TCU. It does kind of bring back into the conversation the whole stars matter that we tried to rework and revamp, and I asked is, is this a is this a situation where you have a true outlier and TCU happened to catch lightning in a bottle, had a you know fairly advantageous matchup in their semifinal? Is this a situation that hammers home even more now than ever before that quote unquote stars matter? Wrote that down a couple of times last night. But I just, I don't know. It's it's like a combination of things. That was the best Georgia performance they had by a mile since the Oregon game. They they literally bookended their season yeah. with two incredible performances. Against really good teams. Really good teams. I mean. It's easy to come away from last night versus TCU and say, oh, why did they get here? They didn't belong. On and on and on. No, Georgia just embarrassed a very good football team. Was TCU the second best team in America? Okay, that that I think is a fair question to debate. The national championship might have gotten played between Georgia and Ohio State. I mean, think nobody's got to feel worse last night outside of TCU fans than Ohio State fans. But uh, this was a pretty good text, by the way, from my man Link Cottom, who uh, recorded the pregame. Interviews with us, United Planners Financial Services, on the high school side. Josh, I'm listening to you and Plank. Kirby smart aggression phrases like when Clubber Lang said pain (laughs) in Rocky (laughs) Three before the fight. I like this one, too, Um, from the 405. 
one of Saban's most unmotivated teams dragged the team that took TCU down. Why would David Pollock give Nick Saban a 2023 village? I'm sorry. Can I start again? You may. Why would David Pollock give Nick Saban a 2023 villain origin story on national TV? Seriously. Like, like why? I think I accidentally read an extra text in there, but from the 405, fantastic point. You know, I like to talk trash. But it's always with the caveat that every single time I've talked trash, it has failed miserably. With my uh, eight-year-old soccer team, I remember we were at Dairy Queen, and I saw my buddy Mike Roper there, and I told him that we were going to bury his team the next time we played him. When I was wearing my sweatpants with my shin guard strapped over my sweatpants, I'm like, we're going to bury you. And we proceeded to get beat when we played them that next Saturday morning, like 8-0. Uh, and we were at that same Dairy Queen, and I had my dilly bar, and Roper goes, this is a guy that said he was going to drag us. From about that moment forward, Josh, trash talking in my world has always gone incredibly poorly. Right? I think back to the last uh, bowling event that we had. I literally had to pick up a five pin to win for my group, and I just started talking trash, and I think I literally threw it in the gutter is what happened. I'm terrible when it comes to trash talking. So I've kind of learned in my in my world, I don't do it very much. I, and again, everyone can have their own thing. Has things gone right since Dave Hunziker said one of these teams is about a winning culture and the other is not? Has it? I just I, I feel that's me when it comes to talking trash. So to that texter's point, if I'm David Pollock and I got Nick Saban sitting right next to me, you know, why are you why are you giving us the Joker trying to do stand-up comedy? I mean, what are you doing right here to Nick Saban that is going to absolutely be his fuel to basically – because I hate to be that guy, but Alabama really wasn't that far off from being in this spot this year. Did uh, No, they weren't. <laughs> they, they, they weren't. And, and I know everyone's like, you got to win the games. I agree. But it's not like they were that far off this year. Well, and – with what happened to the Big 12 in these two signature bowl games, right? what Alabama did to Kansas State and what Georgia just did to TCU, I mean, dare I say the dirty words that what would Alabama have done if they had gotten in? Oh, I love it. I love that idea. I love that question. But they, they didn't did. deserve to get they in, and, and I'm glad that you know the field played out the way it did. Did anybody ask, speaking of this with Nick Saban, did anybody ask how Kirby Smart – got this program to this point with him on the dais, what he's seen in terms of why they've – like, instead of saying, hey, they're the standard bearer, dude, you've got Nick Saban right there. Ask him, how the heck are they doing this? I will say, I didn't – I was on – I was doing a lot of shows yesterday. In fact, I got a funny story about one I ended up doing yesterday too. But I loved that group. I love that group. I love the McAfee – uh, I even I, Desmond Howard for some reason is a little bit more. I can take him more with Saban. I don't know if he talks if he's less trash talky or what, but he's better up there. Um, Curb Herb Street wasn't on whenever I was watching, but I think you kind of saw the future of Game Day with McAfee, Reese Davis, and uh, Pollock. Who am I leaving out? Nick Saban. I think that you saw that, but you know what. You know what Shane Beamer had always said and what everyone kind of follows up with to answer that question, they literally took everything that Nick Saban did and, and instead of an A, it's a G. 
I mean, from meetings to support to the mental side of it to the nutrition side, they took everything. But I think it's a good question. Hey, w- what have you seen in Kirby? And then in the, he's not – Nick Saban's not going to answer that in a press conference, right? If he answered that in a, if he asked that in a press conference, it's going to be, well, I mean, uh, played for me. Or, no, excuse me, coach with me. Good guy, but we got a game. It's not about me versus him. Roll Tide. Now, now – you're in a situation where you got him on TV, and, and in a lot of ways he's kind of showcasing what his next career is going to be. I mean, Nick Saban's great on TV. He's great, and he speaks in a way that makes it easy to understand for dummies like me. I'm a simpleton, right? I need things kind of leveled out every now and then. I'm like, oh, okay. But no one has ever really kind of dove into Kirby Smart. And you know what? Maybe that's a Nick Saban thing too, Josh. Maybe Nick's like, listen, I'll talk about whatever. Let's not get too much into personalities and why and things of that nature. I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, and I'm just saying. just. But I think of, you're right. I'm just saying instead of going on this big uh, you know, rant there at halftime, which, hey, that's what David Pollock's paid to do, by the way, right, uh-huh. is to give his opinion. And his opinion is Georgia's now the standard bearer in the sport and they, they've leapfrogged everybody else, which honestly, in a, in a roundabout way, hats off to him for saying that with Nick Saban you know, a couple of paces away because, frankly, right now it's true. Sure, it is. But with Nick Saban right there, it's like, you know, ask Nick Saban some of these questions at halftime. Ask him how they got there. Right. Let's Because by halftime, as my man Don King used to say, you're breaking out your QBS stuff because you realize this thing is not getting closer. Your quality bull bleep is really on high alert for content in that second half. But – yeah, what what's your takeaway? Is that is that now setting up with you know having Nick Saban right there and referring to their arch rival now as the the standard setter in college football? I mean, oof, bold move, sixty five to seven. We're going to talk about it more in depth next. Plus, I, I got a lot of li- other angles to this. Um, why I do think that getting to the SEC quicker is a better thing. I'm not one of those who's like, oh, let's wait, let's wait. I think you need to get there. Uh, I put this out on Twitter. Significant dates coming up on the college football schedule. Uh, And a little bit later on in the program, we're going to talk some women's college hoops because we we confirmed with my man Potizi that Ana Yanusa is going to join us in exactly 20 minutes from now. So a busy Monday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, it's the uh, Plank Show right here on The Ref. Ana Yanusa coming up in about 20 minutes from now. We we threw it out. It's I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna lie to you. It wasn't it wasn't one of those really in-depth, overly creative questions, but just what's our big takeaway from last night? Mine is several pronged, but I think it is George is the standard bearer now. It's who everyone is chasing. Which is good because that's what you're hitting on with me on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Camo Sooner writes, how dare David Pollock not run that statement by Paul Feinbaum before he said it to Nick Saban's face? (laughs) That's pretty good. Thanks to David Pollock, Bama going to hang 60 on everyone next season. I agree with this text. Give me Bob Stoops. On TV? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and they, they kind of have a good precursor to it, right? Don't don't need a constant dose of Nick Saban. I turn it to another channel when they bring him on. Uh, yeah, I agree. Bob, I thought Bob was great on, on Fox. I, I was actually pretty upset that, well, I don't know. I guess it was his decision, but that they didn't bring him back 
or that he didn't decide to go back. So I really like listening to him, which you can hear him every single Tuesday here on The Ref with Teddy during the season. And all season two, is that right? Three o'clock? I, yeah, I think uh, he's still been joining. Tyler. All right, cool. Um, but how about this? I'll I'll say this. I'll say this on my show. I'm so dumb sometimes. But I when I see Saban on TV, it's wild how I don't think of him as Alabama's head coach. I feel like I'm watching a guy that is going to be a TV analyst. I'm watching a dude that's going to be able to do whatever he wants in media when he's done. If it's a game analyst, if it's a perspective giver. Who's that? Whatever. Nick Saban. You, right? think, he, you think he's good? I do. And I feel like I'm kind of alone on that this morning on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, he's just okay, okay. for me. Oh, um, do you want to earmark like 10-15 for our all alternate broadcast conversation? Because we took them all in last night. Let's. All right, let's see that. So 10-15. Uh, Zane writes, watch for Clemson fight for the top spot again next year with the returning quarterback. That's from Zane in Tulsa. I don't think you could ever count them out. Zane also adds, Alabama's not behind Georgia. All it takes is a new QB for the top teams to shuffle. But here's the thing is Stetson Bennett's an amazing college quarterback, an amazing college quarterback, but he ain't near the baller that athletically is the guys they have behind him. Did you see Parker's tweet last night? Which one? Parker got me thinking about Brock Vandegrift. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did last see Last night. I mean, that was – that's fantastic. You know, uh, if you missed it last night. And like you an don't, alternate reality. Right. It, you know, Rick and Morty, there's, there's infinite realities with infinite Ricks and infinite Mortys and infinite possibilities. But one of those that I would love to truly try to figure out, what would have happened – if Brock Vandegrift never decommitted, Parker tweeted this 12 hours ago. As I sit here not watching Brock Vandegrift in garbage time at Georgia, I find myself wondering what my life would look like right now if he'd never decommitted from Oklahoma. It's a great question. That'll go down as one of those great what? Where does Caleb Williams end up? Now, sure. if you were to believe what Caleb Williams and, and, and his dad said, they were coming to Oklahoma regardless. And so maybe he ends up transferring out anyway. What were the other uh, – jog my memory. Who were the other big schools linked to Caleb Williams coming out of high school? I feel like it was Oklahoma. wasn't Maryland because of the D.C. area. Right, he was from Oh, there. why am I blanking on the third? Was it Oregon? Maybe it was Oregon. Because when he chose on the 4th of July, it was, it was more than just Oklahoma who was in the mix. Maybe there's a part of me that's tried to wipe that from my memory. And on on Brock Vandegrift, I mean, literally, whenever the time came to go to the bench, they turned to Carson Beck. And I, I did a little work last night with Aaron Murray, Josh, and he told me Beck is the guy that everyone's pretty excited about. So he might not even start next year. Born with Stetson Bennett moving on. But, yes, yeah, Stetson Bennett, man. I came away, I, I saw someone on the Air Comfort Solutions text line right in. Uh, my takeaway from last night, Bennett's a baller. Two national titles, won 29 of his 32 games as a starter. Deserves all his shine. Heisman finalist, back-to-back top 10 QBR seasons. 
uh, it's pretty remarkable. Oh, I, LSU. LSU was Caleb, according to Quinn. Okay, that's right. Quinn I, would know. I guess we just needed a couple of uh, pregame speeches from Stetson Bennett, and then maybe he'd get the Tim Tebow treatment. <laughs> we got a lot of Tebow yesterday in the pregame show, didn't we? A lot of Tebow. Hall like, of Famer. I, I thought that was a cool moment. Don't get me wrong. That, that was cool. People are like, whoa, do you have a problem with the guy going to the Hall of Fame? No, I just – it was a lot of Tebow on my TV. <laughs> uh, listen, before we break, let's hit the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Anytime Bama Tom calls in straight to the front of the line. What's going on, Bama Tom? Hey, belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, you guys should be happy that uh, Kobe Smart left Alabama because if he was still with us, we might have won been like the Celtics in the 60s and won like 10 in a row. <laughs> I think someone would have scooped him up at some point, so, though, right? Number two, number two, Georgia is the standard, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of saying that and, because it's not Tennessee and Florida and that few corns. And number three, I think Lavelle Edwards was 40 years ahead of his time because he found that if I have a set quarterback, I can, and I do the spread offense, I can change the fabric of the game. And so nowadays, you guys are 100% correct. It's quarterback-driven. And Stetson Bennett is a Josh Heupel or Bart Starr with the right NFL team. He'd be great in the NFL because he can manage the game and he won't lose it. Who was that quarterback for the Ravens that won it in 2000? Was it Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer. If Trent Dilfer can run and win the Super Bowl, Stetson Bennett, I mean, I don't understand why programs like Millwood, Carl Albert, Keith, college teams just don't rate, rate those types of programs. And I don't understand why NFL teams don't rate like Georgia and LSU and USC and Michigan because they produce the best in OUs and Alabama, they produce the best athletes. So um, I think Georgia is the standard bear. Nick Saban's had his time. I'm really blessed and fortunate for what he's done for us. I appreciate what he may do in the future. But, um, you know, these things go in 10-year waves. So we've got another 10 years of Kirby Smart. And if Brent Venables can find a stud quarterback and get his defense going, who knows? Oh, you may be back on top. Texas is a sleeping giant. So it's, it's a fun deal. But I will confess to you guys before I go, I did not watch any of the game last night. It was just too painful without Bama being in there. <laughs> I feel like Will Farrell on SNL – on that skit when he's at the bar as a fake Republican going, what the hell happened? That's how I feel. I love you guys. Roll Tide. I'm out. Love you, Bama Tom. All right, quick break. I guess the overriding standard become, the question becomes, is Georgia now the standard in college football? And I think the obvious, low-hanging, the, the, the answer is yes. Now, we can get a little bit more nuanced in the conversation, but for now, they are. Quick break. Text are good. Ani Anusa coming up at the top of the hour. A busy Tuesday right here on The Ref. It's a fair question off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. At four, uh, I almost gave out that dude's number. 405-651-3439. Laughable conversation about QB that didn't come our way. He only would have come because of Lincoln. When will we finally admit our run of quality QBs was only because of Lincoln, we are kidding ourselves if it was the logo lie. Oh, I guess that's why five-star Jackson Arnold <laughs> right. isn't signing with Oklahoma. I mean, listen, like it or not, Lincoln was a major reason why they ended up with the quarterbacks. I just – I think my suggestion, fine sir or ma'am, don't take things so literal. 
calm down. Not everything has to have a, well, this guy sucks because there does. Sometimes it's just a stupid conversation that you might be having over a beer, which we're out of it. Man, I wonder what would have happened if Brock Vandegrift stayed his commitment. That's not to say that Brock Vandegrift would have won a national championship in Oklahoma. It's just to say that's kind of a fascinating little storyline. There doesn't have to be anything more to it. And just being reflective about right. what I guess that was three years ago that yeah. uh, Oklahoma played and, well, got demolished in the Peach Bowl by LSU. And then what, a, le- a week afterwards or two weeks later, Vandegrift decommitted. And remember, the sky was falling. Yeah. It was, behold, it was they a wind terrible up with day. Caleb Williams. I, I wrote about it. There's an article in Boyd Street where we wrote about it. And we got back from the Peach Bowl, and his dad was not a fun show. I'm not going to lie to you. And then as Josh brought up, the decommitment happens. And then the 4th of July took place, and kind of the rest is history. So, yeah, just interesting conversation, I thought. Uh, for the 918, how about Stoop, Saban, and Meyer with their own panel, such as game day, have Pollock as the youngster on board? I actually kind of dug David Pollock. I thought he knew – I mean, he it's a team he knows a lot about in Georgia, right? No doubt. I thought he was pretty good yesterday. Now, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. I think ESPN's got a pretty good thing going. But there are some adjustments that need to be made to their alternate broadcast. Holy smoke. Yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. But when we come back, Sock Women's Hoops. Ana Yunus is next.